Welcome to Gal Pals Watch. I'm Alicia Mullins. I'm Sarah Nelson. And we're here to talk about gay lady films. Yay, gay lady. Yay. So why did you want to kind of do this podcast with me? Um, for me, it's about representation and kind of analyzing uh, how queer women are portrayed in film and um, and also just for fun, because I love yeah. talking about queer ladies, because <laughs> I am a queer lady and I love other queer ladies. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, we've talked a lot about this, and I'm glad that it's finally coming to fruition. Me too. <laughs> and um, we have a great movie to start with. Yes, we have a great movie to start with. Um, this is a movie that we have been talking about for months I feel like yeah and texting about and texting about for months um it's been a whirlwind trying to get to see this film (laughs) in the first place we can talk about the very poor job the marketing team did in not bringing this movie to Seattle (laughs) until it was already in like a thousand other cities So the movie we are talking about is Disobedience. Disobedience, the <laughs> Rachels. <laughs> Everyone's favorite Rachels. Starring Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weiss. if you've been living under a rock. Um, <laughs> uh, this movie just came out recently. Um, it just got its wide release this week, I think. It just got, yeah, that is correct, because we've finally been able to Yeah. more. I think we saw it the day before it got its wide release. I think so, too. So, basically, Sarah and I got to go to the Seattle International Film Festival, mm-hmm. um, which was super fun. I highly recommend it. It was my first year going, and it was a blast. Um, but this was something that we didn't even know was coming to our city for a while. And it was super annoying um, because all the marketing said it was coming out April 27th. And I was like, oh my gosh! There was so much hype about this movie. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know. I just feel like every lesbian wanted to see the Rachel's kiss just like so badly. Oh, yes. And (laughs) I'm one of those... (laughs) So, and and that's what we got. <laughs> we totally got that. Yeah, we got a Delivered. lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so what's like one thing that stood out to you about this movie or like uh, one major point you would want to touch on? Okay. I talked a little bit about this with you like right after we saw it, but I didn't want to say too much of it, but I'm a soundtrack nerd. Um, and I thought... The soundtrack was really beautiful, but I did have some, or like the little like musical instrumental bits mm-hmm. were really nice, but I had some trouble with how it, um, I don't know, how it like fit with scenes and things like that. Yeah, but it I was remember still, you saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what about you? What was something that really stood out to you that you liked or didn't like or whatever? Um, <laughs> for me, I think I went into it Honestly, the biggest thing in my mind going into it was this whole thing about the spitting scene, which we can oh, talk right. about later. We will definitely talk um, about it. But that was, like, the number one thing I'd heard about, and I didn't know what to expect. Exactly. Um, but I think, other than that, the movie itself, um, my first kind of impression leaving the theater was that it felt a lot like Carol, except, I think I told you this, except it felt religious and in modern day. Yes. So, like, a lot of longing glances and 
close-ups on faces. I wrote that in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Just big faces. I mean, we were in the front row, too, so oh the faces were really Huge. big. But, like, there was a lot of face action, which I feel like happened in Carol a lot, too. And maybe it's just a trope of lesbian narratives in film and TV where, like, they just look at each other. Oh, absolutely. Just, like, so much. Yeah. They stare. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that is because a lot of um, queer lady cinema is so much about, like, longing mm-hmm. and then I so and still the idea of coming out mm-hmm. um, and having this sort of secret that you're holding and the only way you might be able to express that is by looking at someone very longingly yeah <laughs> yeah that's really true and especially in this movie the secret is very much a secret mm-hmm. although I kind of liked how this even though their relationship was a secret and it was kind of forbidden in this community. It wasn't really about them coming out at all. No, not at all. Yeah, and I liked that. I think, Um, yeah, it was more about, um, and we'll get into this further, but it was mm -hmm. about freedom. Yes. Um, Specifically for one character, um, S.C. Cooperman. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really, really interesting because Although I will love a coming out story until the day oh, I totally. die. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, it is really overdone. So it's it's mm-hmm. good that it that this was a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the freedom thing, I mean, it also applied to Esty. Um, because even though it sort of seems like she's very trapped in this world, mm-hmm. um, and she seems to really be like internally struggling with that mm-hmm. um, throughout the movie, uh, because she freely admits to um, Roni that she still is only attracted to women. Yeah. Like, that's something she knows about herself, and it's not really something she, like, hates about herself necessarily mm-hmm. or anything like that, but she just feels like she's so attached to this religion and this community that she just almost chooses to just do play by their rules, which I thought was really interesting because in a way she had a lot of agency and even like when they first kissed, it was her who initiated it. Yeah, yeah, actually like several times. Yeah. She was (laughs) like, you're back and I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) that was really interesting too, because that's like a different kind of freedom, sort of. Yeah. Like an internal freedom in a way, but still like very kind of oppressed. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't really know, Disobedience is a story about a woman, uh, Ronit, I forget mm-hmm. her last name. Isn't uh, it? Krushkik or something oh, like that. Okay. Um, because she goes by Ronnie. Yeah, something. she goes by Ronnie, I think, um, in the outside world. Yeah, in the outside <laughs> world. And basically it's a story of um, Ronit comes back to an ultra-Orthodox Jewish community after her father passes away. Her father was the rabbi. Yeah, her yeah, father so is... So very well-revered. Yes. He is well-celebrated and loved, and she is not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she is straight-up ostracized. Yep, she is straight-up ostracized. Um, the movie doesn't make it clear mm-hmm. why Ronit leaves. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about whether it has something to do with her sexuality or whether it's just like she decided to leave yeah she wanted to do something else it's all kind of left up in the air Mm -hmm. i don't know if that is um in the book at all 
I don't kind either. Of, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, she comes back and she um, finds out that her two best friends have married each other, um, and they are still very much in the community. And not only did they marry each other, but um, Dovid, um, one of her best friends, is becoming the rabbi, the next rabbi. Yeah, he's the successor. Yeah, he's a successor to her father. Um, and then basically a whole story um, unwraps from there yeah. where um, the two women kind of rekindled this relationship that they had as teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because so much of, well, this is true of religion in general, but um, specifically in this story, like so much of what goes on is ritual and like, um, just like ceremony, mm-hmm. and that's that's a really important thing for like anyone who is Believes. religious or spiritual yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, like, well, not in a way. Uh, Ronit and Esty, they had their own kind of uh, like like places, like they had that tree where okay. they like always met and like made out (laughs) (laughs) and just I don't know it was just kind of like a parallel there yeah absolutely um it seems as though the girls were kind of left alone a lot of their teenage years yeah which is Um, interesting which what I found also really interesting and I grew up Roman Catholic um so I know next to nothing about uh Judaism, never mind um, Orthodox Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell from very early on that there is a separation between men and women in, oh, that, yeah. in the Orthodox Jewish community. Yeah. Um, where they cannot touch each other. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. And I don't know what it's like familial wise. It seems like even fathers can't really like hug their daughters. I could be totally wrong here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We didn't really see father-daughter thing. No, the only thing is, like, closest is um, Ronit and her uncle. They oh, yes, They yeah. don't seem to touch No, they all. don't. Um, not that they are the hugging type. Mm. They have a tense relationship. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but it's just kind of like... Um, oh, goodness, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, There's a big separation between men and women. So yeah. gender is obviously a huge thing. Yes. Um, in this community, which it is in the world. Mm-hmm. So that makes oh, sense. All right. I was talking about how they were <laughs> left alone a lot because of that gender divide. And oh, yeah. And because Ronit's father was this um, well-to-do rabbi, he would constantly be studying and preparing mm-hmm. for um, whatever the equivalent of a sermon is or yeah, whatever. I guess just the service. Yeah, his, yeah, the service at the temple. Um and so they were left alone a lot. Mm-hmm. Essie says that. She was like, well, you know what? He was really busy, but that meant we could yeah. do whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about that line. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's even like from right there, you can tell mm-hmm. how much Essie is like, how much power is in her. Yeah. Yeah. She has so much power in her. That's really true. Yeah. And even, isn't it her when they're at the dinner table at Roni's uncle's <gasps> house and they're talking about this uh thing about taking names like in marriage Mm -hmm. and um I 
forget what it is that brings it up, but she... It was Ronit and how she goes by Ronnie, oh, Ronnie that's Curtis. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. And yeah. they were talking about how, like, you shouldn't change your name. And then um, Esty says something about how, well, you know, women, they change their name when they get married and then they, like, give away their identity. Mm-hmm. And so that's another way in which she, like, really asserts her power even within that structure because everyone gets really uncomfortable yeah. at the table. <laughs> Which I think is great. It was like a very funny scene. It yeah. kind of reminded me, this is a total tangent, but it <laughs> reminded me of this scene in Orphan Black in the final season of Orphan Black. Oh, Have you seen it? I, no, like, you know, I haven't. They're like at this house, um, P.T. Westmoreland, he's like this old man and his house is like old and whatever. He's like, the, he's the patriarchy. And um, <laughs> Cosima and Delphine are at this table and like Cosima just keeps saying all these really subversive things and <laughs> Delphine's like trying to play along with Westmoreland because she's like trying to be on the inside like a snake but Cosima's just like really mad about everything <laughs> and so but it's very funny because um yeah Delphine's just like laughing at her anyway that was a total <laughs> tangent <laughs> no, it's yay fine. for women speaking their minds at dinner tables with patriarchal men Yes. Anyway, <laughs> that that scene was one of my favorites in the entire movie. Yeah, same. Um, it was great. I wrote that I kind of wish there was more of that because, mm-hmm. um, like I said before, I know nothing of the culture or I know very little of the culture, um, and that gave me such insight yeah. as to what the culture is like, yeah. and especially um, the dinners, the Shabbos dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that they do every week. Um, and, you know, when something new or someone new <laughs> running <laughs> comes into the yeah. mix, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, and it's lady. funny, too, because <laughs> Ronit's not new, but she no, is kind of new. new. <laughs> yeah. And even wanna... she walks down the stairs when they're going to do, um, I don't know, they're lighting Shabbos candles in oh, their yeah, own home. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Ronit comes down in this button-down shirt and leather mini in a leather miniskirt and fishnet <laughs> tights. And they, David and Essie look at her like, what the fuck? Yeah. Actually, that's a good uh, segue because I kind of want to talk about the clothing a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially, like, Essie. So... Esty wears a wig for yes. some reason. I don't really know why. So it's when um, Orthodox Jewish women are married. It's similar to... Like, they have to wear a wig when they're married? Um, yeah, because only their husbands are allowed to see their hair. Whoa. Similar okay. to like um, Muslim women and covering wow. their hijabs. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for clearing that up because yeah. I was really confused. I was <laughs> like, does she just not like her hair or something? So all that makes... Of, all of the women were wearing Okay. Wigs. Well, that makes a lot of sense too as to why like... Um, Ronit's uncle is, like, a wig maker. <laughs> yes, he's a wig maker, because every single... That's why, like, all the women, they kind of... I don't know, they look a little fake. Um, yeah, yeah, I like guess their, their hair looks Their hair's very off. perfect. Yeah, their hair is very yeah. perfect. It's because they're, they're all wigs. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's really... It's it's interesting. Um, I obviously don't know all of it, but I yeah. know it's because when they do get married, they are expected to wear... Like, to cover, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're expected to have sex every Friday. Sex every Friday, yes. As Esty says, it's expected but not required. Yeah. <laughs> no one beats you. Yeah. You, feel, you don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And when she says that specifically, like that scene is also one of my favorite scenes in the movie because the two of them are walking together. Yeah. Um, and Esty's dragging her little like grandma bag on wheels, <laughs> which is uses, really cute. Yeah, she uses for like shopping. Yeah. Her groceries. Um, and and the dialogue between them is so easy. I think yeah. that's the first time you see in the movie where like you get a glimpse of what probably they were like as teenagers yeah, where like they are speaking just like so easily together and laughing together. They like really understand each other. Absolutely. And I just love that. That was so great. I loved it. Yeah. They were like riffing on each other yeah. and it's like we so far in the, the movie up to that point, we hear a lot of Ronit anyway, because mm-hmm. they focus on her. She's the main mm-hmm. character. It's yeah. her story, her father's death and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, but we just know that there are some freakishly lesbianic longing glances oh, yeah. to, the, to the average straight person. They're like, <laughs> wow, these two two ladies look at each other like a oh, lot. Yeah. Like maybe they like hated each other in a past life. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely but, the conclusion you would draw. Yeah, the gay eye knows better. <laughs> oh yes, the gay eye sees all. I've been here before. I know what that look, <laughs> what that look means. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just. It was really interesting to see, like I said, them riff on each other mm-hmm. and for Essie to have a personality. Yeah. She, yeah, she has a personality. Yes. She's not like a she's flat a, character at all. Yeah. She's not a wife. No. Um, which is what she has been essentially, you know, like trained to be mm-hmm. um, throughout her culture and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see her as that, in yeah. the, at least up until that point. She's just very not necessarily like submissive but she's just quiet mm-hmm. she kind of just does her own thing and mm-hmm. like helps around the house like a wife should 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 quote unquote yeah, quote unquote, quote unquote should. <laughs> yeah you can't see my air quotes but <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and it's, it's really interesting she's like she starts cracking jokes like left right and sideways mm-hmm. i'm like where the hell are you yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh man and Actually, so to kind of transition off of that, mm-hmm. I can't remember. You probably remember better than me. Um, who was it that decided to, I think it was Ronit who decided to get that hotel room. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. What prompted that? What happened right before that? Oh, so basically, I believe it's because um, the same day where when that... Um, interaction took place with the sexy bag. Oh, yes. <laughs> the sexy grocery bag. Sexy grocery bag. <laughs> That's holding um, Ronit's mother's candlesticks. Oh, um, yeah. They kind of gallivant around town. Yeah. And um, I would say near, like, twilight, they go to, like, this, like, wreck area, and they start making out. Oh, that's right. It's yes. after they um, go to their meeting spot yeah it's like a tennis court or something yeah it looks like a tennis court yeah it's probably near the tree which is like in a park so that would make sense yeah um but from the outside it doesn't look like that because it just looks like tarps yeah and it's dark the only the only suggestion that gives it away is because they are caught um, by two members of um sc's community and um temple and they're they have tennis rackets in their hands. So yeah, that's so why I guess I it is tennis courts. I assume it's like a rec area. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they are caught. And yeah. then um, the next day, um, when Essie goes to school, she is an English teacher at the local Jewish 
school. Like, of course, she's an English teacher. Hmm. All lesbians. Which we can, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that, too, um, about her teaching and how. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <Bing. Yeah>. um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're caught. Mm-hmm. Um, they tell her principal. Right. And then after she is literally sent to the principal's office and yeah, admonished or whatever. Yeah. Or, you um, don't actually see like what they say to her. But oh no. You know, it's something like yeah. it shakes her. Yeah. Um, because Ronit meets her afterwards. That's right. They outside walk the away. School, and then and they then, just say, let's just go yeah, away from like, here. Let's get out of here yeah. because, um, SD's whole thing is like, I can't do this. I yeah. live here. Yeah. You don't really live yeah. here. And anymore. she loves her job. Yeah. And that's like a it. huge part of her, um, her personality and her identity and and a way that she also gets to have agency and feel Absolutely. useful. Yes. Because she really loves those girls that she teaches, like mm-hmm. not in a creepy, creepy gross way, way like a, a lot of other way. lesbian movies, <laughs> but like in a mentor way, like yeah. you said. And that's like really important to her and it's really cool. It just gives her even more depth. I'm yeah. beginning to think Espy has like way more depth than Ronit even. But anyway. I so. want it to be the Espy show. Yeah, like totally. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, Rachel McAdams blew me away. Yeah, she did such a like, good job. I was like, holy moly. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, but going back to the school thing, one of my favorite scenes is when um, oh, yeah. Esty is walking through and she's mm-hmm. coming back after the leave of uh, Rabbi, Rabbi um, Krushka's uh, death. And the girls are singing in the, yeah, I love in the classroom. And I am assuming that she and Ronit went to a similar school, if not the same one. Yeah. Um, and she's just leaning on the wall and listening to them sing. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, filled my heart with joy because mm-hmm. you know how much she loves her job and how much it really means to her. Yeah. Um, she even says it to Ronit during that walk. Mm-hmm. Ronit is kind of challenging her and yeah. saying, like, but who are you? Mm-hmm. She's like, this is who I am. Yeah. This is what I like. Mm-hmm. I do love to teach. I do like, you know, if I had to pick a man, Dovid's not bad. Yeah. Um, and being a teacher is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, that gives her the agency and that she so desperately needs. Yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah. That was a great scene. That I loved it so much. Scene. And you can tell her students really love her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do. They were all excited when she came yeah. in the room. Yeah, and... So, yeah, she's good at it, too, which, like, is her confidence. Yeah, they participate in class, mm-hmm. like, and I think they're reading Othello. I wonder. I'd yeah. have to I have to go into, like, some, you know, if there's any parallels there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not, not a Shakespeare expert by any means, so... No, neither am I. But I did read <laughs> Othello once. <laughs> I don't think I did, actually. It's about murder. Whoa, really? <laughs> Who would have guessed a Shakespeare play involving yes. murder? <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to look at my notes. Should we um, talk about that scene? The sex scene? The sex scene. Okay. Yes. <laughs> let's go for it. Okay, okay. So finally they get a hotel room. Yeah. After Ronit's like, let's get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. They take the train to like somewhere in London, I guess. Yeah. It looks like something like Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. I'm sure, like, someone in London will correct me. Yeah. <laughs> it's but somewhere. It's, it's like a city in England. Yeah, it's somewhere not in the burbs. Yeah. Which is where they were. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so. Yeah. And what, then, what did you think of it? Um, I really, for the most part, I really thought it was like a well done queer lady sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like really highly anticipating this spit thing. <laughs> so like, that's what I was kind of thinking about going into it. Um, and I would say, I think the actors did like a really good job oh of just kind of like letting go. Oh, they yeah. just like let go and they just oh, yeah. went for it. And mm-hmm. that was awesome. And like everybody has sex differently. So yeah. you can't like judge the sex they're having. Yeah. You were saying that too yeah. when we were talking before. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I think it did a good job of not really falling into like stereotypes Mm -hmm. of lesbian sex and also with the spitting like I found it to be kind of in the middle between like the people who were like oh my god gross like they're spitting in each other's (laughs) mouth and uh and then like something that was just totally innocuous because I've never actually seen anyone well whatever I wouldn't like have thought of someone like doing that yeah um, like intentionally. Yeah. So what like, happened is, oh, I drooled into your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so like Esty, they're like on the floor. They like don't even make it to the bed. Actually, I guess they start on the bed. Somehow they end up on the floor. And yeah, Esty's like, yeah, it was active. <laughs> it was a total workout. So Esty's on the floor and Ronit's on top of her. And she like spits twice into her mouth. Yeah. And Esty's just like into it she's just oh, like yeah. she's like drinking give, it up give me more she's give me more she's yeah, yeah she's so like in this moment and mm-hmm. loving it and like I thought it was convincing what they were doing and then it wasn't until later that I realized that this is probably actually just like a metaphor for like yeah. other fluids yeah <laughs> like kind of that. taking the stigma away from like bodily fluids in mouths which is a big part of lesbian sex, usually. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I guess, like, I don't know if it's something that, if that was intentional, if maybe they wanted to do something like that, but, you know, couldn't really because yeah. it's a mainstream movie, whatever. Yeah. And it's not porn. And we can talk about the line between porn and film because... All day. We can do that when we do the Below Her Mouth episode <laughs> because that is... Or really, the warmest color. Oh yeah, that too. But anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah, overall, I really liked the sex scene. I thought mm-hmm. it was like really intimate and and well shot and just like well acted and yeah. And yeah, I was into it. Absolutely. I wasn't too put off by the spitting. No, thing. neither was I. And um, you know, that had been hyped so much, mm-hmm. especially since um both actresses became pregnant right after this movie. They did? Um, yeah. I didn't even know that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so um That's like I think, some kind of weird like <laughs> I think Rachel Weiss is like currently pregnant, but Rachel McAdams okay. I think might have been a little bit pregnant during the movie. <laughs> just a little. Uh, just a little bit. Um I don't know. Um but Basically, all of Tumblr was like, they made each other pregnant with that spit. <laughs> or specifically, Roni. You can get pregnant from kissing. <laughs> Roni got Esty pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Um, yeah, but in general, I really enjoyed it. A lot of um, people said that it was disgusting. 
Really? Um, the spitting thing or the sex scene? Uh, well, the spitting thing, but okay. in general, like, if someone were to describe it, they would say disgusting. But I think if, when it really boiled down to it, they were like, I couldn't imagine someone spitting in my mouth. Cool. That's right. fine. That's your own prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to spit in someone's mouth or have someone spit in your mouth. Yeah, we're not going to Consent add that. is important. <laughs> Always we're, get consent. We're not going to add that to the lesbian sex book, like spitting. <laughs> requirement no um, <laughs> um the only thing that put me off slightly um there is a scene where or a frame where they have a close shot of both of them with their hands down yeah. one another's underwear mm-hmm. um essentially fingering each other yeah um and that just seemed a little bit too like porny yeah, actually, um, I, like, was flashed into blue as the warmest color at that moment. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah. then I was kind of over it. But anyway. Yeah, it was like, but when I thought about it, like, I'm a little conflicted about it because mm-hmm. it's all about pleasure. Totally. And especially Estee's pleasure, she's had to have sex with a man for so long, and she hasn't been able, she hasn't had sex with a woman, essentially, mm-hmm. since she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing that makes her sexually um, satisfied. Know, satisfied. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, they also didn't take off their shirts. Yeah, um, that's another thing that's really tropey. I feel like with uh, yes, in, queer in sex scenes. Yes. Yeah, in yes. films specifically. Yeah, film sex scenes between women. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of shirts taken off. Which yeah. whatever. Um, like again, I don't tell anyone how to have sex. Right. Um, but it's just it is overdone. Yeah. And I can understand um, that maybe like the actress didn't feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but we do see Rachel McAdams' chest in like before that at least twice. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and we see butts kind of, and stuff too, don't we? So many butts. Yeah. No. <laughs> All no. the butts. Definitely, definitely a Rachel McAdams tush. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, in general, I thought it was really well done, and I liked how the director focused on Estee's face mm-hmm. um, most of the time and her pleasure. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting, and the point of it, they kind of, like, stepped away from Roni in that moment. Yeah, you're right, it did. Um, which, for a movie that's basically been about her mm-hmm. this whole time, to mm-hmm. kind of step back, and now this movie's about Estee. yeah. It was, yeah. It was interesting. I didn't even think of that, but that's, that's <laughs> true. That's really great. Now yeah. I like it even more. I was doing, when I was doing research for this, I was looking up articles and I read one. Um, let me see, I have it here. It's from like the Miami something or other. Um, Miami New Times, and it says. Sebastian Lilos, who's the director, Disobedience is an okay movie with great movies hiding inside. And I was like, what? What do you mean it's just okay? And then I was like, no. Actually, he's this person is complete. April Wolf, who wrote it, is completely right. Um, she says here, the director attempts to give three characters their own separate little movies, each given to a little room. That is so true. Yeah. So it's like, when you think of how it was, like, Ronit... And then, like, it kind of turned into, like, an SD kind of film, mm-hmm. and David's just kind of in the background, like... And then David had, like, a big thing at the end. At the end, yeah. yes. It's And then it's all about him at the end. Right. Um, 
So it's well in the very end. It's the very very end. Not about him anymore. Sort of. No, not the like final. Scene. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, at the end of the movie, like. Yeah, he has a big like monologue mm-hmm. and. Yeah. With is, a lot of like anguish. Oh yes. And big faces. So, so many close-ups. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, let me see. Yeah, that was that was the main thing I took from that article. And I that was is like, really interesting. It it is, and I think um, you know, as much as I um, I want to say like, oh fuck, off, I don't care, he's a dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you kind but, of do feel some kind of empathy towards him. Oh, yeah, him. absolutely. Yeah. yeah as much was, as I am a misandrist and don't really like men <laughs> ever, that's not true. It's only somewhat true. It's like 99%. It's like, no. But that 1%, you know. <laughs> not um, all men. Not all. <laughs> hashtag not all men. Um, yeah, I don't know. David, like, he really, I mean, he's a product of this community and this, like, way of living too and he's really trying to like do the right thing I feel like and absolutely and he cares about Espy and Ronit and like and he also cares about all the other people in the community and he wants to like especially since they're now turning to him to be their kind of leader Mm -hmm. or in a way yeah I would Um, say yeah yeah. definitely a leader of a yeah um, even though they keep like all the other men actually all the other men in this movie kind of suck Oh, they suck hard. Yeah, they they keep like <laughs> telling him that he needs to like be hard on his wife. And stuff. Yes, they're Ugh. like, are you sure that yeah. is gonna be able to handle this? And yeah. he says like something like really gross. Yeah, I don't think something he, he wouldn't actually say. He says right. He like, says it. To... I keep my house in order. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And I was I think like, that's exactly I was what he like, said. David, do oh yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're just saying this because of all these dudes. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, I know you better than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's definitely feeling pressure from mm-hmm. the rabbinical community. Yeah. Um, to step up and be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, he cares so much mm-hmm. about Esty and Ronit. They spent their whole childhood together. Yeah. And he really loved Ronit's father. Oh yeah. Like that was kind of his as surrogate his father. father. Yeah, yeah. As his own father. Um. I don't know about his parents. Yeah. I've never heard to learn about know. them. So what's super interesting, and I'm confused about the family relationships here, mm-hmm. because um, at the dinner table, one of the men, um, during Shabbos dinner, um, one of the men says, when did Rabbi Krushka, like, take you under his wing? And he says, oh, like, when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sounds like they were almost like a, he was, like, adopted. Um yeah, or, although I don't really think like like legally or anything right. like that, but like of course he like he started mentoring him and mm-hmm. to like train him to be a rabbi from mm-hmm. a very young age. Which but, thirteen is kind of like that's when you get bar and bat mitzvah yeah. and like so that's kind of like the becoming a man time anyway, Absolutely. like quote unquote becoming. Yeah. You can't see my air quotes. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, but from the book. Mm-hmm. Ronit and David are, cu- are cousins. Oh, they are. So it, they don't make that very clear huh. in the in the movie. No, um, I had no idea. So yeah, we have no idea. So like, I was confused as if to if like Ronit's uncle is David's parents. 
Oh, something like that. But they and like that's why they were at dinner together. But then we that have this other sense. couple that like I don't know who the heck they are. Are oh, yeah. they Dovid's parents? <laughs> like I don't know. Um, it yeah, was like I don't know. wow. It was super like I I like to like know almost like everyone's place. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just care about the lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the most important part. That's why we're here. That's why Definitely. we were gathered here today. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like, you know, in, in medias res, I think is the, the term. It's like you're just dropped in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. So it's like they're not going to be like, oh, this is my uncle to like all the mm-hmm. other people. Right, who, yeah. Yeah. That would know. totally take you out of the moment anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, so like it doesn't really matter. It's not like important to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know from at least from a very early age that Dovid has been with these two women mm-hmm. as children. Like, he doesn't yeah. even hang out with a bunch of guys. He hangs out with two girls. Yeah. Um, and that's super sweet. We yeah. know that he's 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 a good guy underneath. He is, and he does really love them. Like, in the end, they just all three hug, and that's, yeah. like, also a really intimate moment. Yeah, because he's not supposed to touch Ronit. Right. And at this point, he steps down from being rabbi. Mm-hmm. He says, I haven't learned enough. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Which I think is really admirable mm-hmm. for him. He's going through, he's going through a lot of shit yeah. right now. <laughs> His wife is about to leave him. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I... Spoiler alert. This entire podcast is total spoiler spoilers. Alert. Uh, if you made it this far, you've already had the movie spoiled for you completely, so sorry. Spoiled. It's gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so really loved when he hugged them both. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. Um, because he, it's like he cares about them so much he's gonna let them go. Mm-hmm. Or spe- specifically his wife. He's gonna right. let her right. um, have her freedom. With his baby. With his baby, yes. Which so is she a whole other thing. Preggers. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. And Essie has no intentions of making him even in the picture it sounds like right. she's like I was born into this mm-hmm. culture this community I don't want my baby to have to live the way I did I want them mm-hmm. to be able to choose mm-hmm. so she's recognizing that like she hasn't had a choice in any of this yeah um, and she wants better and I think part of that and part of that choice in order to make it a choice is that she would have to not Del- Delphi couldn't be in the picture yeah well I don't he know. probably could in some way. Yeah. Like, if they lived, like, if Esty and her kid lived, like, outside of the community and then, you know, like, went back to see Dovid or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, like, I don't know. Because that's also part of giving the kid a choice, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and but plus, we don't see any of that stuff. Yeah, plus they were such, um, you know, important figures in one another's mm-hmm. lives for totally. so long. Yeah. Um, I feel like Dovid would still be a father figure regardless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I would hope in my, yeah. in my little headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same in my headcanon. Yeah. Um, and I think he would he would be okay with that. Um, yeah. What did what'd you think of the ending? Um, I feel pretty good about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is kind of like a cliffhanger because... The pregnancy is revealed like so late. Yes. And yeah, it's like right at the very end. And then Ronit just kind of leaves. 
And Esty goes after her, and, like, they make out in a cab for a second, which is really sweet. Mm -hmm. But you don't know, like, what their decisions are going to be from here on forward. So, in a way, I liked it because, in the end, the, the women did make choices for themselves, and they still know that they love each other, and maybe they'll end up raising this little baby as gay moms, which would be <laughs> awesome, because you don't know what Esty's planning to do. No, we don't um, know. If all. she is going to, like, maybe follow Ronit or, like, just go somewhere else entirely, um, or how Ronit feels about... I mean, she feels conflicted <laughs> about leaving yeah. Esty, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. she's sad about it, but... Yeah. Um, She's going to go back to her life in, is it New York or Chicago? Yeah, New York. New York. Yeah, because, at, well, at one point, Roni, actually two times, she says, or no, maybe it is just once. I know, after the initial um, conflict between um, Esty and Dovid in the kitchen, mm-hmm. after um, her principal comes to Dovid. Right, Dovid, he, he gets really mad. Yeah, he gets really mad. He says, what are you doing to us? And she's like, I haven't done anything. I've always been this way. Yeah. I've wanted it ever since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she goes upstairs, and of course she has to go to work right after that. <laughs> rough. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Ronita's just sitting on the stairs like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And she's like why don't you leave him or yeah. something like that um, or come with me to New York. I can't remember, yeah. but at some point she does say, I know definitely in the t- in Temple before, at, like right before Dovid is going to make his um, monologue. Uh-huh. <laughs> she his does acceptance say, speech. Yes. He said, she says, come to New York with me. That's right. And, Esty's just like you can tell she's like ah, I can't really do that yet. Yeah. Um, which I really like. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because Esty's never been on her own. Right. <laughs> and it also just shows how much strength she has as a character. Yeah. Because it's just one more thing that shows that. I mean, we've seen it all along with all the other stuff we were talking about before. But like, she, I just feel like she could go somewhere on her own. Absolutely. And she would be totally fine because yeah. she's really resilient and resourceful. Oh my god! And I so love that so much. Yeah, yeah. I was like constantly impressed by her mm-hmm. and how she just the strength mm-hmm. that I didn't expect because I have my own biases. Totally. On what? Yeah, women, it's surprising. Yeah, in what when, like women in that community yeah, should right. quote unquote be like. There's all these expectations, and we have them too because we think we know what. Yeah these women are like but yeah we have no idea yeah um and of course every woman's different and she yeah, is crazy strong yeah um and even though she's going to for the first time in her life ever be on her own yeah she's gonna she's gonna have a baby with her yeah like that that's a lot yeah <laughs> but um, in a way she's always relied on herself even when she's even though she's not you know like quote unquote alone in this community in a way she is. Mm-hmm. So I think she can just like draw on that and just figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really, like I said before, I really wanted this to be the SD show. Yeah. <laughs> like, once like a more and more of her personality mm-hmm. um, unfolded, I was like, spin off. Oh, she's so, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. she's so interesting. Yeah, she's really interesting. Um, and I wanted like, um, Pre, like 
their scene, like scenes as teenagers. I mm-hmm. wanted stuff like that, like yeah. little like prequel scenes, but it would have totally broken up the movie, and I yeah. understand why they didn't. Yeah. Um, it just wouldn't have fit, and it would have been too jumbled and mm-hmm. a mess. Um, but yeah, I just she's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like the ending? I did. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that I loved the most about it was that she didn't say she was going to go to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Not that it would have, like, ruined the movie for no. me. She was like, yes, I'll meet you, meet you in New York. Yeah. I'd be like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> it almost would have been too perfect. It would have been too perfect. Yeah. It would have been too... Like, I would have been like, man, that girl got to, like... Just because she's got to, like, do it on her own. She's yeah. got to, like, be herself. She's got to find out who she is mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I really liked that. Um, yeah, and, and Ronit doesn't even know where she's going. Essie yeah. doesn't even know where she's going. She just says, yeah. tell me where you are. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of left up to interpretation, like, will Ronit move back? Because she has a job that, honestly, she can do anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> she's a photographer. Photographer. <laughs> um, and I'm sure she loves New York. But, yeah. But, you know, when you have, yeah. you know, your, your first love. <laughs> yeah. First and deepest. First and deepest. Um, you know, around you. You definitely want to go back and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because this is kind of a weird detail, but in the beginning, I don't know if you remember, but before Ronit goes back, mm-hmm. she has sex with a man in a bathroom? Do you remember that? Yeah, so right after she finds out her father is dead, she kind of oh, goes Oh, that's right. She found out he's dead. Yeah. So she. That's goes, why she was, like, acting kind of... Yeah, she kind of acts out. She, yeah. yeah, there's a scene where she is drink finishing a bottle of wine in a bar. Right. And then she's in a bathroom stall with a man. Yeah. Um, having intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she goes ice skating by herself. Oh, yeah, the ice skating. And she looks, <clears throat> excuse me, she looks like she is going to die. Like, yeah. her face is just, like, Very sad. so void of anything mm-hmm. and like out of anything you would do you'd go ice skating after a bathroom yeah. <laughs> encounter with a gentleman anyway I mean I guess that's grief right yeah Just, exactly Everyone there's shows. no logic exactly there's no you're, you're completely right yeah um and that just shows like how freaking lost she is yeah and, yeah I can't relate I haven't been there yeah but um it's just, it is interesting, though, that Ronit is not gay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's bisexual yeah, or... or something or like something. that. Pansexual, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. Something like that. Yeah. Whereas Esty truly is mm-hmm. queer. Like, it's I think she's, like, straight up lesbian. Yeah, she's a lesbian. Yeah. She's not interested in men whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only reason Because she says that. Yeah. yeah. Because Ronit is like, but do you only fancy women? Yeah. So, and she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like sly little Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, ah. Um, oh, goodness. What was I going to say? You want to talk about the book? Oh, yes. So, um. I have not read the book. You have not read the book. I have not read the book. I don't want to um, read the book. I've heard it's not <laughs> good. And honestly, I have too many books to read, so. <laughs> But you read something about yes the novel. So my wonderful friend um, Danielle Olive um, writes for the Radical Notion, um, and she read the book for me, so I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and the article is called "I Needed to Know How Disobedience Ends," so I read the novel. <laughs> like, 
Exactly. Because, as she also says, it's not her first rodeo. <laughs> we know what's up in the gay lady cinema. Yes. And we needed to know if someone's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she says, there is longing, though it's not entirely mutual. In the book, Esty describes herself as har- as harboring secret, unspoken <laughs> desires for women and still has feelings for Ronit. It's not clear that she's in love with Roni. To me, she seems in love with the idea of her. Roni, on the other hand, rejects SC's advances and only decides to sleep with her out of selfishness and complicated grieving. Huh. Um, and then she also says about the ending of the novel, the dynamic between SD and Roni in the novel is fraught with unfinished business and tension, but there are no sparks of a love affair waiting to be rekindled. Hmm. So this is clearly a loose interpretation yes. of the book. Thank God. Thank you, <laughs> Rachel Weiss, and other people who worked on this. And other folk. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is a great novel by Naomi Alderman, yeah. I believe. Yeah, and she also wrote The Power, which was like a big yes. a big thing. I also haven't read that. I've I heard very mixed things. Yeah, I haven't read that either, but it is a very popular book. Yeah. Um, that has a, yeah, like a, a, lot, a big calling. Um. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't go yeah. straight from the book. <laughs> yeah, me too. The movie sounds like it's way better, mm-hmm. the story. And like, I don't know, I haven't, I don't have any like specific memory of where I heard this, but there was some interview that Rachel Weiss did. Actually, I think it might have been for Autostraddle. I think okay. I actually interviewed her, which is okay. cool. But um, she said she really wanted to tell a different story because that sounds pretty tropey to me. Like, in terms of okay. queer lady relationships, oh, because like so they don't, it's like not... So unrequited. Right, not, exactly. Yeah. Um, and even though no one dies, like, it still is... Yeah, it's just like, they don't end up together, they don't actually have, like, a real relationship. Um, and, yeah, I think maybe that's where Rachel Weiss was coming from, too, where she was like, no, I want this to be, like... Yeah. A great lesbian yeah. story, and I, it is. Yeah, I'm so glad she was the producer on yeah. this film because it helps so much, especially with. Um, I mean, I would assume she she knows knew this too, but like with lesbian cinema, it's so important for yeah. the women, the actresses, to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, which they both did, mm-hmm. um, and they you actually said like they really let go in that sex scene, mm-hmm. and they truly did. Yeah. Um, both yeah, Rachel McAdams tell. and Vice say that it was the best sex scene they've ever filmed mm-hmm. with anyone, um, any co-star, because they felt so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, I mean, that says a lot about the director as well. Yeah. Because there have been other lesbian films where like. They like blues a more warmest mm-hmm. color. Yeah, that's can, a notorious one. Yeah, we can get into that um, during that episode. But yeah. basically, the actress did not like the director and thought no. he was super porny. Yeah. Um, and very male gazy. Um, Which from he the get go, and he was. Um, whereas this one wasn't, and I think Rachel Vice really took into consideration. Um, she did a lot of research too. She said mm-hmm. she read a lot of. Um, lesbian novels and watch a lot of films so she had an understanding of what's already out there mm-hmm. um and the good and the bad and the ugly yeah <laughs> yay rachel vice 
Yeah, playing absolutely. Playing for Team Gay, at <laughs> least for a little while in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, and can we talk about the aunt? Ronit's aunt. Oh, yeah, what do you want to say about her? She's amazing. She, it could have been like, it could have been, I just was looking at my notes to see if I wanted to say anything else. The star of that movie is Ronit's aunt. <laughs> she is pretty funny. I could have had like a comedy, like, um, movie about her. Okay, so, so this movie needs, like, to take some characters, like Esty. Several spinoffs. And several spinoffs. <laughs> Roni doesn't even need to be in it, honestly, like, as much as I love Rachel Weisz and so whatever. Like, it's she just, can be a secondary character yeah, before yeah, Esty is. Right. Because they're going to be together. Well, yeah. We have to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in our ending part. to this movie. <laughs> Actually, so how it ends is. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna tell you. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So in general, liked it. Didn't like it. Hardcore like. Hardcore like. Hardcore as well. like. This was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a goodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a reason why we decided to do this one first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you? You liked. I yeah. Hardcore yeah. like as well. Hardcore like. I thought it was. Fantastic! It was really well done. Um, I do agree with that one um, writer who did say that it was like three movies mm-hmm. in one. Um, it was, Honestly, that's okay. It didn't ruin it for me. No, or it didn't. Like that. No, it just made you want more. And yeah. Like it, longing, longing glances mm-hmm. at the screen, wanting more. <laughs> <laughs> more faces. More faces. I did the close-ups. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. And Truly, I don't know how else they could have done it. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, even though I don't really care for male storylines, yeah, Dovitz was really important. Yeah, it was. So, um, it's something that. And it didn't take over. No. The narrative of the movie. So. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Me Absol- too. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> Go see Disobedience. <laughs> so now I think it's wide release. It's all over the country yeah, now. Yeah, um, I think it's out everywhere. Finally out everywhere. Um, so basically we will try to make more episodes of this. We have a Google Doc that <laughs> Google it, it has like 200 movies on it or something. I just, yeah, I just added. Because um, I added some the other day too. Yes, you did. And right when you got here, I was adding to the list. I... I've been just looking up IMDb. Yeah, and like, I was looking on Amazon Prime for all my suggested ones, exactly. and they always suggest gay things for me. They know me. Wait, you're gay? Uh, <laughs> oh god. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to tell you something. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think I just added like ten more. Ten that I have. Who knew there were so many queerly <gasps> movies? I mean, I think a lot of them are pretty bad, but oh, yeah. that's okay. It'll still be fun to talk about them. Yeah, I know. There are ones on there that I'm like, I'm going to hate this. Yeah. I'm going to hate every single moment of it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm dedicated. Dedicated. We um, are dedicated. We are so dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. We need yeah. to space it out so we don't do all the good ones first. Right. <laughs> so, maybe next time we'll do a bad one. Yes. Um. <laughs> we could do below, just below her mouth count as a bad one for you. It's an okay one. For me... I have so many issues with it. Okay. Oh, my God. Let's just do it. Okay. We'll do okay. that one. <laughs> Except I don't really want to watch it again, but that's okay. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. You probably have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings. Maybe it would be good for me to watch it again, because the first time I saw it, 
I was like in a movie theater with my friend and then like this man and that was it. So that was kind of weird. But also the movie, in my opinion, kind of sucked. But anyway. Yeah. I think it's. There's a lot to talk about. It's with okay. That movie. And if you could see my face right now, you'd say you'd, you'd say that. <laughs> it's the okay face. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, you know. Meh. That was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly wasn't the best either. Nope. Um, so, yeah, we will definitely talk about that at some point, mm-hmm. if not um, next episode. Um, yeah. So we will try to do this weekly um, because, like we just said, there's so many movies out there. And we have a lot of opinions and stuff to say. So many opinions. Yes. <laughs> Gay um, opinions. Gay. 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 This is the gay agenda. <laughs> this is what your mother wondered about. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you um, have any thoughts on disobedience or other films that you would like us to write about, please feel free to send us an email um, at, let me look it up because I already forgot it, galpalswatch at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we have Twitter and Instagram, right? Uh, Instagram for sure. Instagram? Cool. <laughs> What's our Instagram handle? Our Instagram is Gal Pals Watch, and it's filled with nothing right now. Yeah, it has, there's literally nothing on there, but we will put something on there. We will put something on there, and yeah, I'm sure all of our social media will come yes. very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we are looking forward to this adventure, and we hope you are too. Yeah, yay. Alrighty, thank you for listening. Thank you. See you next time. Have a gay day. <laughs> Have a gay day. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>